When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in with us here on Birds 365. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We'll be hanging with you for the next two hours talking birds, birds, and more birds. So uh, stay tuned to us. J-Mac, let me take a peek here. Not that you can necessarily tell. It all comes down to the lighting or where you're at. You're looking a little less peaked than you were yesterday. Uh, I don't know. Um a uh, 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 wishful thinking that, on my part is that I what guess you're telling that's me? Good. Uh, really, it's just a cough, persistent cough. I can't get rid of it, uh, and it's annoying because you know you're you're talking, and you know I partially talk for a living, and then yeah, halfway true. through, you you start having a coughing fit. It doesn't, you know, it's not uh, it's not optimal. Let's say uh, that. Understood, and we appreciate your gutting it out and getting it done for the two hours of Birds 365. And yesterday, while you were uh, retaining your cough and sucking it up and getting it done, you did spot the fact that Tom Pellicero was reporting that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had suffered a lacerated kidney 
the magnitude of which we don't have all the details yet. You didn't get them down there yesterday. We had a chance to talk to the coaching staff because they weren't going to give them to you anyway. Uh, but a lacerated kidney is what it is. And uh, you hearken back to uh, Zach Ertz playing with one uh, during his time with the Philadelphia Eagles. Usually a solid couple weeks, two, three, three, four, depending on the magnitude of the uh, laceration that he got to his kidney. Eagles going to be right out there starting safety for a while, are they not? Yeah, uh, just a matter of how long. I think, you know, they're debating whether to put him on injured reserve. So, obviously, it's the, the four-game sort of demarcation line. If he goes on IR, he's got to miss four games. Uh, and you start looking at, obviously, the end of the regular season. We got uh, six to go. Um, the thought is he's going to be back um, sometime in the regular season. Um, if I were the Eagles, I'd be cautious. I'd probably just put him on injured reserve. Um, Zach is probably a bad example because Zach shouldn't have played. Zach played after about a week, um, not after about a week, after one week. Um, and a lot of ways, that was the start of the disconnect with the organization because he felt he was a little disrespected um, for what he did for the organization. <clears throat> and he probably was, to be honest, because that is a difficult injury. He was in a lot of pain, and he played through it. Um, I, I I wouldn't count on that. You know, Andrew Luck, there's a lot of examples. Andrew Luck, they shut him down when he lacerated his kidney. Um, Keenan Allen, very familiar to Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen, got shut down uh, with a lacerated kidney. So there are you know, varying degrees uh, of, of, of the injury, number one. So the Eagles are still gathering information, uh, but they do expect him back at some point. So that's the good news. Um, similar to what we talked about with Dallas Goddard and Avante Maddox and what they're going through right now um, with those players, you know, can you persevere without them? It's a little bit more difficult at that position. Is it worse than tight end? I don't know. Everybody's talking about Malcolm Jenkins. I don't see that. Um, I think it's wait and see mode with Reed Blankenship. Uh, and there's a lot of uncertainty there, Jody, because, I mean, he played really well um, and, and thrown into the fire for the first time. That's the first time really he's ever played. He had two, three snaps. I forget the exact number. Um, and he kind of won the job behind the scenes, the dime job from Kayvon Wallace. I don't know if he won it or Kayvon lost it uh, because Kayvon, every time he got an opportunity, performed pretty poorly. Um, so that kind of happened behind the scenes. But the Eagles are in dimes so infrequently, you don't get to see it very much. Um, and all of a sudden, he goes from not playing at all to playing – uh, all these reps, and he first undrafted rookie ever, ever to intercept Aaron Rodgers, um, and that was a that was a smart, savvy football play. That wasn't mm -hmm. just he threw him the football. He read what was going on and 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 came from the backside. Rodgers didn't see him. Uh, it was a really, really nice play. I mean, you could see his football IQ, and then you saw some of the bad, and you know. There's not many people in this league. I wouldn't get too upset that he couldn't chase down Christian Watson. That that wasn't the problem. 
The problem was the angle that he put himself in, and, and then it's just over. You gotta you gotta make sure, especially when you're playing players like that. But he know he you know I talked to him after the game, and he noted he he hadn't played in a while, so that's part of it as well. You just got to get used to it. And then I go back to his time at Middle Tennessee State. He was a five-year starter. This is what the Eagles kept saying. He was a five-year starter. He just played a lot of football. And I know it's Middle Tennessee State, and I know it's not Alabama. But, boy, sometimes those guys who just play a lot and play a lot and play, they just know how to play. And they just have a better feel for how to play. I'm not saying he's going to be great. I'm not saying he's going to be terrible. There's a lot of uncertainty, but he's going to be out there for a few weeks, bare minimum. Right. Um, but I'm not going to cut him a ton of slack on the Christian Watson play. If you're going to, on one hand, give him credit, because, hey, this guy played five years as a starter on the collegiate level, and that led to him being able to almost ball fake Aaron Rodgers into throwing that interception then you can't, on the other hand, go, yeah, but he hasn't played much. So you can understand him leaving a bad angle for himself to make that. Well, no, no. Either he is a guy who's up to speed or he's not a guy who's up to speed. It's one or the other. If you're going to give him credit for the the phenomenal play made, well, he's got to take the grief for the bad play made. Uh, Just overall, yeah, the Eagles are going, there's going to be a drop-off. Georgia Gardner-Johnson led the NFL in uh, interception. So you're going to a guy Who's a rookie, undrafted, free agent? There's a drop off. We'll find out how drastic that drop off is. But uh, as you noted, overall, the, we we all paid close attention to the two big plays: the one interception and the one chunk play touchdown. That he was a big part of both. One good, one bad. The rest of the time, he graded out pretty damn well. So that's a good sign. Best defensive player on the Eagles, according to PFF, in in the game, which is pretty amazing um so he did overall he played pretty well exactly um the only reason i i bring up the watson playing i give him a little bit uh, I, I get it you you know he got believe me he got marked down for that play it's just tough to replicate that speed when you're not playing and you know as you you're on the field with more guys like that you get more used to it and hopefully it gets a little bit better but if he get, keeps taking angles like that, you know, think about Tyreek Hill as a more example because he plays all the, you know, and everybody knows what a superstar he is. You take a wrong angle on Tyreek Hill, you're done. You're cooked. Uh, and, and you have to understand who you're playing against. Well, that comes with experience. That comes with reps. And that comes with understanding your opponent. Um, so, yeah, all rookies, not just him. Um, that's always a difficult circumstance. And then that that's where, you know, playing at middle Tennessee state also probably not probably certainly hinders you because you're not going to see a ton of that level of talent, um, at middle Tennessee state. So, yeah, but at, um, like I said, at middle Tennessee state, you're not going to see Aaron Rodgers either. And no. yeah, he did dupe Aaron Rodgers into the pick that he threw. So uh, he is what he is. And what he is right now is the Eagles starting safety. But if they're going to put Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on the IR, which we don't know yet, 
Uh, they might even wait till after this week's game to get a little bit further into his rehab and be able to diagnose where he's at. So I, I don't know that it's immediate unless they know uh, guaranteed we're looking at four or five, five or six weeks. Then chances are they're going to act pretty quickly because they have a roster spot to fill. Even if it's not a guy who's going to step in and play, somebody's got to now back up Reed Blankenship. So names are being kicked around. You threw one out. Uh, you and I were texting yesterday to try and get another guest. And uh, Scott Grayson of Fox 29 is going to jump on with us in hour number two. I suggested, hey, we haven't had John Clark on a while. And sure enough, I put on NBC 10. And here's John Clark talking to Malcolm Jenkins at his charity affair here in town last night. And, of course, the question came up, hey, the Eagles now have a need at safety, Malcolm. Uh, you look like you're in great shape there, buddy. What do you think? And Malcolm rightfully downplayed it and said, uh, listen, I'm not even a free agent. There are hoops that would have to be jumped through to make something like that happen, let alone the fact that Malcolm hasn't played football. But then again, Linval Joseph and Dominic and Sue hadn't played football, and they stepped right in and play. Um uh, and Malcolm is one of the more beloved players here last decade or so, part of the championship team. Give me a percentage chance that something along the lines of Malcolm joining, rejoining Malcolm Jenkins, rejoining the Eagles in the next four or five days. <clears throat> Less than uh, 10%. I, I would, I would, I would put it at. And the only reason I put it that highly is uh, because you never say never with Howie. I've, I've been burned too many times uh to not leave the door open a little bit but uh the the most important part you bring up he's not even a free agent um he was placed on the reserve retired list uh by by the saints uh so they still and oh by the way the saints would let and the saints are not going to help the eagles yeah oh they would if the eagles gave him their first round first round yeah Yeah, you want to do that they're not gonna they're not gonna be getting in line to help the eagles again Understood. um so that's that's a part of it as well um linval and indomic and sue they, they were free agents they could do mm-hmm. whatever the heck they wanted um so that's the most obvious difference you know i saw malcolm at practice two weeks ago he was visiting um he's also he, he's lost some weight um you know from his playing days uh you know he was a big physical safety at the end um so I'm, I'm get he played at about 200, right at about 200, a little, little over 200. Guessing he's probably 185, 190. So he's not um, in his typical Malcolm Jenkins shape. Um, now we said, you know, he's Malcolm Jenkins. He's always in good shape. But uh, you, you could tell, what I'm trying to say is you could tell he had kind of turned the page and moved on and wasn't thinking about playing football. Um, now, Things change pretty quickly uh, in the NFL, and they change quickly here because I I think the key would be is Chauncey done for the season, and I don't think he's done for the season. If he's done for the season, then you got to get a safety, and you got to get a safety that can play. I I remember talking to an Eagles personnel guy at the trade deadline, and they because we were all saying, do they need a third safety? Just nobody believed in Kayvon Wallace, never mind Reed Blankenship. Um, and, you know, the thing they said was, well, number one, 
we're good with our starting safeties. So they're they're very happy with Marcus and Chauncey, obviously CJ. Um and his his thought process at the time was like if you can't help us on special teams, it's not, you know, we don't play that third safety enough where it's going to be relevant. So to me, it would have to be as a starter. It would have to be as a starter. And the only way he would be brought in to be a starter is if one of them was done for the season. And that means Chauncey's done for the season, which I don't think is the case. So um, I don't think he's going to come in as a, a backup safety to play special teams at 35, although Malcolm has been willing to do it. Um, and remember, that's a big concern for the Eagles, special teams. So you got to be good at it. Um, yeah, I, I just – I don't see the fit. I don't, I don't think and, – and, and the one curveball could be if the doctors come back and say, this is really bad, it's probably going to be an Andrew Luck-type situation. You're probably going to have to shut him down for the season. Then I think that opens everything. you you got to go find a safety and a starting level safety uh, or as good as you can replicate a starting level safety at this point of the calendar. Um, but I don't think that's where the Eagles are and they think Chauncey's going to be back. Understood where you're at, but they still need a body, whether it's starting <laughs> level, backup level, contributing on special teams, take the job of the person you're going to sign in whatever direction you want tied to when you think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's going to come back, they still need a guy, a safety, for whatever role they think he's going to play. They did cut a couple of veteran safeties late in training camp this year, um, one of which was their starting safety last year, another of which was our buddy Jaquaski tart who uh, where's the... Oh, are we going to get the Jaquaski? Not on the stream yet. I'm surprised the... We need Jaquaski Tart's return here to Philadelphia, even though he's had nine weeks to land a job and he hasn't got one. But neither has Anthony Harris. Are either those two guys who were cut late in the uh, uh, preseason before the year started on the Eagles' radar right now? Uh, again, factoring in however much you think uh, that Gardner Johnson's going to be out, do you think either of those two guys intrigue? Will they reach out? Will they make contact with either of those two former Eagle safeties? Well, um, Anthony is on the Broncos, so he is. Oh, okay. No, I thought he was yeah. on. Uh, I thought he was on a street. No, he's uh, he signed uh, on their practice squad pretty early, uh, Septemberish, and uh, and then he got uh, promoted to the active roster. Uh, My bad. A few I weeks that. ago few weeks ago um he has a long history with george uh patton uh, out there so those two are very close so he he's not available um with jacoski tart now uh, the eagles would have no interest in that they, they, it just wasn't a fit uh, i'll just leave it at that um from from the standpoint they did <coughs> excuse me first call for the day um, they did bring in Marquise Blair a couple weeks ago. If people forgot, missed it uh, on the practice squad. Um, you might recognize him because he's a former second round pick. He's had a lot of injury issues, uh, but there's some talent there. Uh, so who knows? It might be as simple as that. You just elevate uh, Marquise Blair. 
And then you start looking around practice squads and, you know, is there anybody you can get? And uh, I think uh, our buddy uh, Jimmy Kempsey is going to be on later in the week. Uh, did a good job uh, over at Philly Boys looking at the guys that they've had a history with uh, and, and the guys they're comfortable with. And he brings up Elijah Riley. People remember him. He's with Pittsburgh now. Jared Maiden is with your Jets. Uh, was with the Eagles for a while. Another Alabama guy. Remember the Ugo Amadi era? He was oh, here yes. for about seven days, uh, if that, less than seven days. Um, he he is uh, in Kansas City, I believe. Um, so those are some of the guys that maybe. Now, are these guys on the practice squad? Because you just informed me, and shame on me, I should have known Anthony Harris is on the actual Bronco roster. Are these other safeties on people's practice squad that if the Eagles wanted to, and let I think, as you pointed out, kind of dependent on the designation of how they're going to handle Gardner Johnson, if he goes to IR, then you have a roster flexibility spot to deal with. Are these guys you're suggesting they could sign and put immediately on the roster? Yeah, they're all practice squad guys right now. So uh, the Eagles could offer them a roster spot, um, sign them off somebody else's practice squad. And basically what that does is it guarantees you three weeks. Uh, you have to keep the guy on the roster for three weeks. So it uh, could work if they got to place CJ on injured reserve. You got the mm -hmm. four-week window anyway. If it doesn't work out, you could just move on. Uh, but the Eagles do have that sort of history of going back to people they have a history with. Um, so I think, you know, looking at guys that were here before – and they're comfortable with is probably um, um, it makes sense just kind of the way they do business. But let me ask you to speculate a little on this because you're right. Uh, we're, we're judging Eagles in two veins. Number one is the Howie Roseman era and the way they've done business while Howie's been in charge. But I think just as importantly is the Nick Sirianni era. And the fact that a guy was an Eagle before Nick Sirianni got here came and went, I think, lessens the <clears throat> desire to sign a guy like that because you would think that you'd want the coaching staff to have a good feel for a guy's capability, not just, well, how he said, well, I'm here in 2019. So what? And Nick Sirianni doesn't know him. Uh, Jonathan Gann doesn't know him. Shane Tyken doesn't know him. I, I, I think that would lessen the possibility of, hey, he used to be an eagle. We know him. If we as the coach, not the coaching staff, how really important is it? The Eagles pretty much keep those things. Um, how he's in charge of personnel, how should I say? So, you know. You think he would, you think he'd, uh, without uh, an agreement with the coaching staff, he'd just say, hey, listen, I'm getting this guy. I need no, I, I think it's more of the coaching staff trust them and, uh, and and rightfully so because of the roster he's built, and they don't, they're not gonna. I mean, we're, remember, we're not talking about a star player. Maybe it's somebody if you're bringing in a star player in the off season, there's probably more conversations uh, th that go back and forth. Here's we need a safety. Um, this is what we like, you know, coverage safety. Uh, Kenny Mirror. The Eagles don't really have free and strong safeties. Can it go back and forth? Um, these are the traits we want. Go get us the best guy available. 
that's pretty much how it's happened. But okay. how he's in charge of personnel, and then, and the coaching staff rightfully has a lot of confidence in him, and and they should have a lot of confidence in him right now. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac, your Mac and Mac Birds three sixty five guys. We had Mike Gill here at one point in the green room, but then he dropped off. He was outside. Oh, we Maybe going he went to, back. I was getting too wordy, Jody. Do you think he went back is. inside to get another no, cup he's of coffee? There. He was, he was ready that. to broadcast from he's outside. Ready. More power to him. Uh, we got Mike Gill from the Sports Bash down the shore up here. Usual Wednesday contributor to the show. Like I said, a little later, Scott Grayson, Fox 29, is going to hop on. We are just getting underway. On a midweek Wednesday edition of Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Johnny Mac, Cody Mac, here with John Birds 365. We had our third party. 
Uh, you're recognizing the face these days because he's good enough to join us every Wednesday here on Birds 365. And I swore I thought I saw him outside. Did you double back and go, yeah, no, this was a bad idea. Let me go inside. It's getting a little bit cold. Or did I just make that up? I doesn't have the inside signal. Oh, no, nah, man. I, I yeah. thought maybe my oh, there Christmas go. tree looked like I was outside, but... Okay. There we go. Yeah, I'm, inside, I'm, I'm impressed that you got all the Christmas decorations up, Mike. Uh, I have not started, to say the least. Uh, oh, we lost. Don't give me any points. My girlfriend, she was all over it. All right. There we go. That's usually the way it happens. Yeah, my, my wife suggested I do it Sunday. I'm going, hello, National Football League. No, we won't be bringing a tree up from the basement day. Well, I mean, talk to me Tuesday or Wednesday. The fact that the Eagles played a night game was the reason. It was like, all right, the Eagles are on at night. We're going to take over. No, the TV is right here. So the TV's on while the tree's going up, and I'm just kind of observing and watching. So, yeah, it was a little early this year because last year we went so late that she was very focused on making sure that we, we got that tree up early this year. We only got like two weeks of tree last year. I, I like it. Very focused, much like the Eagles. Ten and one level of focus to get it up that uh, that early. Um, you know, I know you got a chance, Mike, to talk uh, to Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm was doing the rounds yesterday because he had uh, a function uh, yesterday in town. It's ironic. I saw him a couple of weeks ago at practice uh, before uh, the C.J. Gardner-Johnson injury, obviously. And all of a sudden... It pops up, and here's Malcolm in town. Uh, just happens to be uh, in front of the cameras recently, so uh, you know Philadelphia fans. Well, let's get let's call Malcolm uh, now. I'm sure you asked Malcolm, does he want to play? Does he want to come back to a ten and one team? Does he want a ring shot for another ring? And could he? He's still the property of the New Orleans Saints, which is complicating matters uh, a little bit. So I asked him in three different ways, right? Just flat out asked him, hey, do you have any interest in playing? And he said, you know, I said, hey, listen, you're in town tonight. And now CJ Gardner-Johnson was supposed to be at the event yeah, with him. Yeah, I don't know that. It, I don't know that he ended up showing up or not, but it was billed that he would be at the event. So I said, hey, he's supposed to be there. What if Howie showed up and said, hey, he's not going to play. Would you like to play? And he said, well, I would listen. But this is, you know, I, I'm, I'm and he went into this, you know, long diatribe about how he's happy watching games. And then I asked him about said, now, now that you're watching games, now you can see how fans can be so irrational. And he kind of laughed at that. So then I asked him, well, you used to play for the Saints and they're in the wild, uh, the division mix. What if they wanted you to play? And he said, well, I, wa I live in Philly and in New Orleans. I watch both teams, and I'm enjoying watching both of the teams. But, yeah, I mean, it, I can't, you know, say no. If, if, if And then I asked him, essentially, watching Sue and Joseph return at 35 years old, does that make you think, like, hey, I only have to do this for a month? And that one, he kind of said, watching those guys hasn't made me want to do this. Like, getting into these collisions – I'm perfectly fine where I'm sitting. So it was kind of like three different angles of him saying, I'd listen, but I'm content with what I'm doing. I didn't get the sense, now maybe in some of the other conversations he had that he was more forthcoming, 
I didn't get the sense that he was just ready to jump back out on the field if the Eagles made a call that he's just sitting there waiting for the phone to ring. No, I saw him on uh, John Clark on NBC 10 last night, and he laid it out. Listen, I'm not even a free agent, so there's going to be hoops that are going to have to be jumped through. He didn't dismiss it. But as you kind of yeah, he left a crack. I would say he left a crack. No, it's the Howie crack. That's why you never know a pal. Well, it's interesting, John. And you said you have Grayson coming on at next hour. Grayson and I, because Grayson works with us as well, and we were at Radio Row at the Super Bowl in Miami, and we had Malcolm on, and he was set to become a free agent that off season. Yeah, and he had said to us look this is a business man and this is their move i want to be back this is up to them so you don't know how the relationship was left between him and howie obviously they didn't sign him but he did say he wanted to come back here and that it was on them that that he was not back here so it might not be this friendly pick up the phone hey man how are things now two years have blown over malcolm's still a great uh individual in the community I don't think he held any grudges, but at that time, you don't know how it was, how it was. Left. No, it wasn't great at that time, but the Eagles were in a different spot. I think Malcolm probably took a step back, realized, look, that's a, that's a difficult job to be a GM in this league. Yes. You got to make difficult decisions. And one of the most difficult, arguably the most difficult is to move on from a great player. Malcolm was a great player wanted to continue to play but he was a descending player. The Eagles weren't ready to win at the time. Um, he, he does love the city. Malcolm loves the city. He always said he was coming back. He was going to live here. And he, and he toggles back and forth between here and New Orleans. But I, I do think there was a strained relationship at the time. But I do think Malcolm's gotten over it. Yeah. As I said, he was a practice. He just shows up when he wants to. So that, that sort of... Um, that that if there was a disconnect, it's been repaired from that perspective. So I don't think that would be the biggest hurdle. I think the biggest hurdle would be the Saints are probably a little bit bitter that they getting constantly taken over a barrel by the Eagles. <laughs> so they wouldn't be willing necessarily to, oh, yeah, go ahead and take them. They'd want something. Now, Jody and I joke, they're not getting that first round pick back. You know, but it might take a seventh round pick. It might take something late in the draft. And then you to even have to start the conversation. But for me, Mike, it comes down to somebody like Malcolm Jenkins is only in the conversation if Chauncey is not going to come back at all. Because you 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 need if Malcolm's here, he's not here to be a backup. He's here to be a starter. Yeah. Um, and if CJ's here and Marcus F stays healthy, who's played every single snap this season, the Eagles are very happy with their safeties. Yeah, and I guess I, I did see a portion. I guess John Clark had uh, Malcolm on his takeoff podcast, and I think the way that he phrased the question to Malcolm was that Chauncey is playing out of position, that he has played mostly slot corner, I believe, in, in, in New Orleans, and that if Malcolm came in, that they could move Gardner back to his more natural spot. I don't think with Avante Maddox returning that that would be the case either. So, yeah, I think you would be in a situation if you brought Malcolm here, it would be either one of two things. One, CJ's done for the year. Or two, Malcolm is well aware that he's stepping in on a very limited starting role until Gardner Johnson's back. Now, 
could they get creative with him if he showed that he's still in shape and he can play? John, you might know better talking to people around the league. How effective was he in his last season or two in New Orleans? Was he the same? You know, he was a Jim Schwartz used him very dynamically here, yeah. you know, all over the field. He used yeah. him in coverage. He used him on the tight end. He used him on the slot. He used him in the box. I mean, he used him in multiple ways here. Was New Orleans using him in that way? Was he still effective? I mean, you, you said on my show yesterday that you saw him at practice recently and he didn't seem to be in his playing shape. Uh, weight anyway so is he ready to uh, kind of get off the couch run right on the field like Linval Joseph and and Dominican Sue were I, I don't know yeah um he was more of a uh, a linebacker than a safety uh his last couple years um and I think he was I think you you bring out the point I think it was a great bit for what Jim Swartz wanted to do uh Jim played him at every single position on the back end of the defense. Think about that. Every single position. And he played every snap. Yeah. Um, so he moved them all over. This this group, they want they want mirrored safeties. They want single uh, cover two safeties, guys who can play zone, guys who can cover. And that's why you say, and I get what John was trying to do, John Clark, you know, because Chauncey uh, played uh, nickel corner, uh, with the saints, but the Eagles don't think he's out of position. They think he's in position now uh, playing safety for them. And they want that coverage ability at the safety spot. And that's Marcus as well. So, well, and and that's interesting because that takes us, I asked uh, Malcolm yesterday about, does he believe that John Gannon needs to blitz more? When oh. He watches this team. Oh. Do you watch this team and say, man, John Gannon, this defense needs to blitz more. Do you think they need to blitz more? And his immediate answer was, I don't. He explained in almost laughter as to why uh, uh, they do not need to blitz more <laughs> and why he thinks it is so ridiculous when Good people, for Malcolm. When Way to people, go, Malcolm. When people suggest that they need to blitz more. Now, he's saying it from a safety's perspective, saying – I don't want them to blitz more. Now you're leaving me on the island yeah. back there by myself. And he said, look, teams that blitz more, it's almost like a team that needs a gimmicky offense to try to move the ball. They don't have the talent, so they have to come up with something gimmicky. His point was, to him, the Eagles don't need to be a gimmick defense, meaning they don't need to blitz. They have enough pressure and talent. Now, the frustrating part is, the pressure, you can't predict when it's going to get there. But yeah. in the eyes of, and he said, any coordinator worth their salt does not want to blitz. That is correct. I say that so, a million. There's not a defensive coordinator in the world, perhaps with the uh, exception of Wink Martindale, that wants to blitz. That's not true. But he's, uh, there are very few. Everybody wants to get home with four. Everybody. Right. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Well, and that goes to, you know, CJ Johnson has six interceptions. He has 60 tackles. He has eight passes broken up. And that's a byproduct of he's back in coverage. They don't need him to be coming off the edges <laughs> yeah. and they don't need to. Now, um, I think, you know, I, I had so much time with Malcolm to, to extrapolate, uh, you know, a little bit longer on that. But his point was, you know, statistically speaking, the Eagles are really good. What he sees is a team that makes mistakes 
but then the next week he's not seeing that same mistake. And he feels like you're going to make mistakes through the season, but by the time you get to the playoffs, that those things should be taken care of and that he sees them trending in that direction. If by the way, Jody if- and, and Mike, um, Eagles are up to number two, second-ranked defense in the entire NFL. As per yards per game. Yeah. Well, that's the traditional metric. Traditional, right. And there are new ones that they use. Uh, by the way, defensive coordinators would like to get home with three or two. They, they'd love to have the that's entire true. team in coverage, but uh, four is that's the true. standard that everybody works with. Well, I said yesterday on my show, Jody, if the Eagles, statistically speaking, were in the same spot where they are, which is number two in yards against yards against the pass, they are third in sacks, they are they average 19 points a game, I think is eighth or ninth. If those numbers were exactly the same, but they blitzed 40% of the time, people would think this defense is great. That's the Philadelphia mindset, and it hasn't changed in 40 years, and it's not going to change over the next 40 years either. All right, if not Malcolm Jenkins, let's say, and I do believe this is the most likely scenario, that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is going to be put on IR, but they believe that he's going to be back for the playoffs. We got six weeks to go, four weeks for IR, two weeks in between where they may or may not be playing hard, depending on how the four weeks go without him and what the standings say. They need another body. Uh, Marcus Blair from the practice squad reaching out for someone else who they're familiar with. If Malcolm's not happening for varying reasons that we've touched on for the last 15, 20 minutes, who are they going to bring in? That's a good question, because if you look around, you know, and I heard you guys talking about Jaquaski Tart before I jumped on, you're looking at veteran players maybe that had some sort of connection to your defense. And and I heard John quickly squash Jaquaski Tart down. Um, you know, who was the guy that was here a couple of years ago? He ended up with the Jets. Uh, Will uh uh, Will, Will Parks. Will Parks. Will's you not know, playing for the Jets. No, I'm saying, but that type of guy who was kind of floating around, I don't know that that guy's kind of floating around right now, who a veteran player who's just been bouncing around from, you know, who is your Corey Graham out there right now, right? You, you mentioned Anthony Harris. He's already in, uh, in Denver, uh, so you missed out on that situation. <laughs> I don't know that you have a veteran logical choice out there, and you're going to have to hope – that Kayvon Wallace, if he gets called on. Now, I know yesterday John Gannon went on glowingly about the third down play that Kayvon Wallace made Mm -hmm. uh, in that game on Sunday night. So I'm imagining they're going to roll with him as as the backup guy, and if something happened, Blankenship will probably be the starter, and then Wallace would be the the next guy. And then there's probably somebody, Shashere, or somebody who has been in camp here that will roll in and be that extra guy here. But I don't think, guys, you're going to see them do what they did on the defensive line and go out and find a 34-year-old veteran player to come in here and be a stand-in. Quite frankly, too, I mean, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, we don't know the extent of this injury, but you've got six weeks, possibly a bye in the first round, which would give you another week. Zach Ertz played with this injury after two weeks. Now, he rushed back. But that was after two weeks. This we're talking yeah. about six, possibly seven weeks 
So I would think they would imagine that he is going to come back and play uh, at some point, unless this injury is way more severe than they are leading on or that the reports, I mean, I know Zach Ertz, I think he missed one regular season one game. One regular season game. And then they played Seattle in the wild card, yeah. and he played in that game. So yeah. this would be one of those things where I would be pretty surprised, which is why I don't think the Eagles are going to have to panic and, and do what we're suggesting here. I did uh, talk to a couple doctors yesterday. So there are different levels. So every lacerated kidney is not the same. So there are severity levels. Uh, Zach should not have played. He did play. Uh, so I think, you know, that's pie in the sky to think he'd be back in two weeks. But I do think, you know, average-wise, if you look at the history, Andrew Luck I brought up, Keenan Allen I brought up, guys who were shut down uh, with lacerated kidneys versus somebody like Zach Ertz who's came back as quickly as I've ever heard anybody come back. Um, I think you're going to see somewhere in between. Um, and right around that four week, which is why I think it's a difficult decision for the Eagles and IR because do you carry him on the roster, hope he comes back over that span, or do you, or do you move him uh, to IR and use the roster spot? So that's going to be the interesting part of it. Um, it, it we're, we're Wednesday uh, morning with Mike Gill. We got away from this tradition, but we're back. Player of the week. Jalen Hurts, got to announce that. Player of the week, offensive player of the week, Jalen Hurts. Oh, you're uh, talking so, NFL. I thought you were talking about Gil's segment. You're no, referring but every week Gil would every come on. Every week at the start of the year, the Eagles won some yeah. kind of player of the week. Oh, yeah. you faked me out on that one, John. All right, Gil, yeah, good job out of you. We yeah. thought you were the good luck charm for the yeah. longest Well, time. I was and for a while there. They, you they, took they about won. a seven-week hiatus there, buddy. Good, <laughs> good to have you back. Thank you, Mike yeah. Gill. Yeah, Jalen Hurts' game, by the way, if you are trying to find something, that standout something, because when you're looking at MVP, Mahomes' numbers are going to dwarf him in the traditional passing sense. I mean, you're going to put those two guys up next to each other, and Mahomes, the, the voters, I would imagine, I'm not a voter, would go to the traditional passing. How many touchdowns? How many yards? The team's winning. They're the number one seed. Mahomes is going to have all the traditional stats to back up his candidacy. And quite frankly, if you're asking me, you take Patrick Mahomes off that team, they're average. If they are average. What, what if they are average. What do you think are average. are with Gardner Minshew? Um, I'm not, this isn't a slight on Hurts. I think Hurts has his style of play that has helped this team get to 10-1, and one, no question. But I think the Eagles roster, 53, is better than Kansas, Kansas City's offense uh, who do they have to throw to? You're throwing Kelsey, a ball to Juju. That Kelsey guy can play a little bit, Gil. In who? case you haven't noticed, he's pretty good, Kelsey. Kelsey is very good. I'm not taking away from him, but I'm talking about when Ke when, you're, when your tight end is your best weapon, that kind of limits the explosion of your offense sometimes where you can get a guy who catches the ball over the middle and he he's great. But he's throwing the ball to Juju Smith-Schuster and Marcus Valdez-Scantling. I mean, come on. If if Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster were here with Dallas Goddard, what would this offense look like? You saw it last year. Eagle receivers, Kansas City receivers. Who's the best receiver? A.J. Brown. Wrong. Kelsey. It's not even close. That's a – that's uh, – well, Semantics. Yeah, it no, it's not. It's it's a simple question, A or B. 
and you're picking B, I'm taking A. Kelsey's Kelsey's the best receiver on either of the two teams. Okay, well, well I think I think if you want to go proven Hall of Fame, yeah, I mean Travis Kelsey certainly has done it. Get Hall of Fame. He's got twelve touchdown passes this year. Twelve receptions. He's the only guy they have to throw to. Talking about twenty twenty two, not what he did previously. Twenty twenty two this year, the best receiver Patrick Mahomes as the best receiver of any receivers on either two teams this year. Yeah, but I think it's a different. It's 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 not. And, I, you know, a lot of it has to do with scheme and coaching. I mean, Andy deserves a lot of credit for it as well. Great player. But, I mean, you put A.J. Brown on, on Kansas City, Andy's gone. Oh. I've talked about A.J. Brown. And he would be Terrell impact, Owens. And the impact he's had on this offense and the domino effect, it's not even about the catches. It, so it, it depends what – I hear what Jody's saying, but it yeah. depends what you're looking for. Um, I, I Where I agree with Mike is – the Eagles have a better roster than Kansas City. I've been saying this for weeks, uh, and and Buffalo as well. Oh, and from, by the way, from two and Kansas City, and Kansas best, City for some reason, roster. Kansas City also. If you look at their schedule, we talk about who they have. They haven't beaten anybody all year. Nobody. The only well, games they played that were any good. Anybody. Nobody's right. beaten anybody because well, nobody can play. I anybody. get that, but my point is. Nobody will say, well, Kansas City, I don't believe in. They haven't beaten anybody. No, we believe in Kansas City for two reasons. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We believe in Buffalo, not because of who have they beaten or who they've lost to. It's because they have Josh Allen. Yeah. People have trouble believing in the Eagles. It's because they have a quarterback and a coach who are unknowns to the NFL public, coupled with an easy crutch to say, well, they haven't beaten anybody. Kansas City does not have one quality win all season you, long. You, not you one. You but call, we believe you, in them. Mike, 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 you wouldn't call beating San Francisco a quality win? I would, but at the time when they played San Francisco, I think we can all acknowledge that that San Francisco team was kind of beat up. I like San Francisco. I think they're probably, if not the I best love San team. Francisco. Yeah, but San Francisco today is a lot different from Different from that team. And, and oh, by the way, they beat Tennessee too. Who 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 would you have to beat for Mike Gill to call it a quality win? Hey, I'm just echoing what I hear all the time. <clears throat> Tennessee, to me, I think most people, right, would say, eh, I don't believe in that team all that much. Do we I look love, at Tennessee? I love I love Tennessee. I think they're a good team. I think I like Tennessee. The, I feel like Tennessee is a for the Eagles this week. Um, big time test. There's no question. But, but do we do we think Tennessee is a legitimate Super Bowl? We've no. seen this. We've seen this act before. No, Do we think yeah. they're a legitimate Super no, Bowl? No, I hear team? what you're saying. I hear it all the time with the Eagles. Everybody's not everybody, but there's a group that says the Eagles have not beaten anybody. It's a dumb argument. It and they you can say it about every team in this league because nobody believes in everybody. I can't force people to say Tennessee's a good team or Cincinnati's a good team, or some of these, they're, they're maybe not Super Bowl contenders, but they're good, solid teams that's re, that are really difficult to beat. People don't value that. I, I, and, and again, not everybody, but there's a large group of people that do not value any win in the NFL. So I, right. I know what Mike is saying, um, but the, the Eagles, you know, Nine and two Minnesota team, Dallas, but then the excuses come in. Well, Kirk Cousins can't play at night. Um, well, he won at night on Thanksgiving. 
Um, Dallas can't, you know, Dallas didn't have uh, Dak Prescott. All right. Well, they beat everybody else with Cooper Rush when they were out there, but they couldn't beat the Eagles. And, and oh, by the way, Dak came back and the Packers beat Dak. So yeah. how do we – if the point is the whole strength of schedule thing yeah, is not nonsense. even handedly dispersed around the NFL, that I agree with. But, Mike, you said Kansas City hasn't beaten anybody. We don't like when they do that to the Eagles. We shouldn't like it when they do it to Kansas City. Well, I, I think Kansas Jody... City has actually played if, – if you were just talking about those two teams, line up their schedules to this point, draw the line underneath – Who's played a harder schedule, tougher schedule? The Chiefs have. Well, I think the point is Kansas City, yes, they've beaten San Francisco, who I like. Tennessee, who I think is a solid team. That's their two wins. Philadelphia has and beaten Eagles Minnesota. Two, the Cowboys right, well, and the Vikings. And Philadelphia, thing. Right. Philadelphia has beaten Minnesota and Dallas. They both have two wins that we value but most people do not if you look at those teams other than that they lost to indianapolis right that gets get conveniently forgotten that kansas city has lost to indianapolis um they lost to buffalo you know when they played a very good team they lost that game every other team they've beaten eh, i think are, are you're not like wow this kansas city team is just ripping through this schedule they are crushing team no they've gotten into some fights this year uh including against a Rams team who can't get out of its own way last week. They kind of slogged their way through that one. So I don't know that Kansas City, other than their reputation, has people believing in them. And it's their reputation, by the way, is warranted with the guy they have who should win the MVP, which is the crux of this conversation, which was when you put Hertz and what he did this week to be player of the week, this was kind of a signature game for him, but – not in the traditional sense for no. voters to yeah. look at. Yeah. And he's not going to win MVP. Jody and I talked about it. I, you know, he's not going to win MVP unless there's some kind of weird implosion by Patrick Mahomes over the final weeks of the season, which I don't think is coming, but maybe they'll what? play a good team. Guess what? If you finish second in the voting, man, that's pretty good. And that's, I, I got to tell you, if you ask me, Mike Gill, Who's going to be number two in the NFL MVP voting before the season? I would have not come up with Jalen Hurts. Well, Jody, when we started doing this show back in August and you asked me or, or maybe John brought up, hey, if you have to pay Jalen Hurts $40 million, that's the going rate for a quarterback. I remember at that time almost falling off my seat here thinking, what? Now it's a bargain. It's a bargain. Right. Now you're good. thinking to yourself, you're pretty much going to have to pay this guy $40 million. Oh, yeah, it's a lock. All right, listen, last thing, we're running a little late. We got off on several fun, debatable tangents, but I want to run this by both you guys because my buddy Ricky Ricardo asked it of me last night at 2 o'clock in the morning on WIP, and I had immediate response, and then I thought about it and said, you know, it's not as outrageous as you made it sound, John. Are we in trouble because have the Eagles potentially peaked? Is there something that we're not even taking into consideration that the Eagles have become this team that is 10 and one, but in actuality, you know, they've kind of peaked. And if you look at the Eagles, there's really only one realistic way to go. And that would be down rather than up. They can't get any better than 10 and one. Can they do either of you have a fear that the Eagles have peaked? Um, 
even if you have peaked, it's not to say in a roller coaster of a season you can't reach back up to that point. Uh, the Rams did it last year. They lost three straight games, week 9, 10. They were on a bye in week 11. They lost in week 12. They had played really well. They lost three games in a row, and then they ended up getting hot and won the Super Bowl. So I think these seasons all have peaks and valleys. I'm not sure that the Eagles have hit their highest of highs yet. Um the Minnesota, we were talking earlier in the year. Well, they're only scoring in the first half. They're not scoring in the second half. We haven't seen a game where they have had the offensive explosion and then the defense shutout. Yeah, they had some offensive explosions in a quarter, but not throughout a whole game yet. I still think they're they're building towards more consistency on the offensive side of the ball. Losing Goddard, I think, has put them in a downward here. Hopefully yeah. when he's back, that puts the roller coaster back up. I think defensively they're still kind of, you know, finding their way as they're adding some new pieces here and there. So, no, I don't think it's outlandish to think that they could still hit another peak. I think football seasons are filled with multiple peaks and valleys. Can you get back to that peak at the right time? I don't know that they've hit their highest of high yet, and they certainly haven't hit the lowest of low. They probably will have a game somewhere along the line here where they just don't have it. That will happen. Yeah. I keep waiting for it. It might be this week because I like this Tennessee team. Um, at Mike Gill's show, uh, each and every day, drive time, 97.3 ESPN South Jersey. Uh, listen to him there. Um, yeah, I, you know, with me, I said, Jody, this team's in a lull right now. It started in Houston. They lose to Washington. Um, Indianapolis, they grind it out weren't great against Green Bay, a little bit better. They're definitely in a lull, but I think Mike brings up the good point. Dallas Goddard comes back. These are not season-ending injuries. Monte Maddox comes back. C.J. Gardner-Johnson comes back. You got a chance, a chance, if you get that first round by, and then you hit the playoffs, and you got all your, your talent, which – I think two through 53, I think the Eagles have the best roster in the NFL when they're healthy. When healthy. They yeah. got to get healthy. Got to get healthy. Uh, Mikey Gill, thank you very much for hopping on board. You got to do some more uh, decorating on that Christmas tree. It looks good, but you could add a little bit of style and panache. You got to contribute, Mike. You got to contribute. Uh, that's my wife, I think, saying that. I gotta you know, when I went on that long journey this summer, I was in Rome, I was in Croatia, I was in Paris, I was in Dublin. I have one Christmas ball from each city to represent. Nice. nice. Very nice. 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 Yeah. I, I think it's funny. I think Croatia, uh, somebody will correct me on the stream, uh, because of the World Cup, uh, the Croatian team, I believe, is called the Eagles or something with Eagles. And the hashtag Eagles is for Croatia, yeah. and everybody uses it. It's not Croatia, but yes. Oh, there is Serbia? A... Is it Serbia or Croatia? I think it's Serbia. Uh, and yeah. I'm no World Cup guy, so yeah. don't don't yeah. act like I'm All the right. gospel Serbia. here. I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, yeah, Serbia. I'm not. I, I'm no World Cup guy, so I'm not the gospel here. But it's funny. We wonder why we can't beat Wales in soccer. When I was in Croatia, eleven kids in an alleyway with a coach running up and down the alley, a cobblestone alley with a soccer ball on their foot. Cobblestone. Getting just I love the berated at their skills. And I said, that's why we can't beat these teams in soccer. It's football, Mike. 
football. Football, I'm yeah. Sorry. You got to make sure you get that part of it right, too. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Gill, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again next Wednesday. Mike Gill from the Sports Bass 97.3 ESPN down at shore. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, the Mac and Mac guys here on Bird 365, as we've already mentioned. Scott Grayson, Fox 29, going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes. Stay right here. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask. 
including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Got your Mega Mac guys, Cody McDonald and John McMullen hanging with you here on Birds 365. Thank Mike Gill for coming on. Uh, Scott Grayson, Fox 29, going to join us in less than 20 minutes from now. Um, did want to note this that uh, yesterday it was, I think it was yesterday, it was announced uh, that week 14, we got week 13 coming up this week. Week 14, NBC is flat. Yeah, I forgot Sunday the night them. game. Forgot to thank them, Joey. Yes, the National I, Football I figured League. I'd do it for you. Um, because, yes, John, those who have to work the game itself, Sunday night is a bit of a pain in the rear end. And John just did one this past week, so didn't necessarily need another one like that. Two weeks later, NBC has the capability and the flexibility to move in and out of games uh, to best serve their audience for uh, the big primetime game each and every single week. Uh, they've moved away from Kansas City. For a very specific reason, it's called the Denver Broncos, uh, the team they were supposed to be playing, who right now are, if not a dumpster fire, at least a major mess. And I think NBC made the right decision. There was some talk that the game that could be flexed in would be the Eagles and Giants. They instead chose the Dolphins and the Chargers, which I would say NBC made the right call. I think that's the better of the two games to flex, too. And I did see some other speculation, various writers, um, that we could still get Giants-Eagles as a primetime game. That the final game of the season could be flexed to a night game when the Eagles come here to Philadelphia, when the Giants come here to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. No chance, no shot, not happening. (laughs) By week 18, the Philadelphia Eagles will have already locked up home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And if you want to chide me for having my Eagle colored glasses on, it really isn't. It's just my football analysis of the situation, where they're at, what the standings say, what kind of team they have. Getting a little nervous about injuries. Yeah, I got a cop to that. But I believe the Eagles will have locked up everything by the time we get there. So, no. NBC will not be flexing Giants-Eagles Week 18 to see the best of the Gardner Minshew highlight reel. Not yeah. happening. Don't worry about it, Johnny Mac. That game, I believe, has it even been scheduled? They, they leave the last game open, right? No, they the, yeah, they leave the on. last open. They want, And that was the concern um, from the league's perspective with the Eagles-Giants. Uh, the Eagles only have one window open left. To where they could be moved to prime time. So you're going to have to make a decision. If you wanted to move one of those Giants games to prime time, you're going to have to make the decision early. Um, and I think they're crossing their fingers that that uh, week 18 game is meaningful. I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be meaningful. For the Giants, but much like this week, Kansas City's never. Well, a bad they'll take play. it. They'll take that, by the way. They have been meaningful for anybody. Whether it's the Eagles have to win to fend off the Cowboys, whether it's the Giants have to win to get in the playoffs, they just want it to be meaningful in some fashion 
And I think that will be the, the primetime game uh, on the final weekend of the season. But you're, you know, there's nothing you can do. You're, you're rolling the dice. It's sort of a bet. Um, but I'm just happy that. All right. So I'm, I'm asking you to make that bet. I know you don't have to make it, but I'm just getting your pre-read on it going into that week. It could be when you're in, lose your out for the Giants. I kind of don't believe that either. I think the Giants will probably be lacked into a playoff spot. I don't see it, Johnny Mac. There's not going to be a reason to air that game. They could have chosen the, – the game was important to the Cowboys. Cowboys played all out last year in week number 18. If they had put that piece of crap on primetime uh, on Sunday night, NBC's fans would have had a uh, a revolution. They would have said, "Why are we watching this garbage in the Eagles JV?" It, not happening. There's no way that NBC is flexing into that game. Uh uh-uh. uh Um, I hope you're right. Unfortunately, I, I don't. I think if there's any meaning whatsoever, they're going to flex into it. Um, why? Know, Eagles Giants. And then New York pulled out. No, it's the Giants against the Eagles JV. Yeah, but no. Uh, look, if there was evidence that anybody turned off the NFL at any point, I'd agree with you. But there's but no then, evidence. Then why that. would you flex Kansas City and Denver this week? Because you pick well, your game. Not just, we could throw any game up there, and they'll tune in because it's the NFL. No, they want uh, made a quality control decision. They want uh, they want meaningful games. I mean, they already took hits because, um, you know, if you can get it. Indianapolis, you know, had two, um, you know, recent primetime games. Nobody wants to see Indianapolis at this point muck up the clock with a first-time head coach. But, you know, you can't have winners every week. But, you know, that's their highest-profile winner, uh, window, excuse me, uh, the, the Sunday night game. And they want to make their broadcast uh, people as happy as possible. And they've set up this system. And uh, New York and Philadelphia is a big deal. Dallas is a big deal. We know the teams. Green Bay, even though they stink, um, you know, gets deference usually. There are certain teams that get deference. And the Eagles are one of them. And the Giants are one of them when they're good. And, you know, the, the beauty of of the NFC East being relevant this year, the league is thrilled with it because of the markets. I mean, they're thrilled with it. And anytime those teams are relevant, they're excited about it. I'll give you two games right now that I think absolutely will be better games than the Eagles and the Giants. One is the Jets and the Dolphins. Because the Dolphins could be battling for the number one seed in the AFC with the uh, Bills, shoot, maybe they're even in the fight with Kansas City for the number one seed overall. The Jets might need the game to make the playoffs. Uh, if they lose, they could be out. Both teams could have significant importance in that game. So I'll tell you, that game would be the choice over the Eagles and the Giants. Now, this is all contingent on the, the Eagles don't need the game. I get that. I hope you understand I'm saying that. And this is a prediction I'm making week number 18. The Eagles are going to go to their backups. They've already shown they do it. They did it last year. They'll do it this year because actually more is at stake because that bye week is key rather than, 
oh, we're just playing for positioning. We know we're in as a wild card. Last year, when it didn't really make that big a deal, they pulled everybody this year where you're actually gaining that much more. I'm telling you, the Eagles still aren't going to even play their – they'll sit an amazing number of their starters, practice squad guys all over the place. And I had one other game. Oh, Cowboys and and Commanders. Because I think both of those teams will be in the fight for uh, the – playoff spots wild card and the like what's the cap on the sunday night game is there a cap john that a team can only be on so many times there's Have a the cap Cowboys- on the on the prime time um on the prime time number um and the eagles are at the cap they got one more so how many prime time have the eagles uh i, I have to look it up and how many have the cowboys had that's the only thing i'm thinking that the Cowboys yeah. could have capped out by then, but so there I'll is a cap, both... there is a cap on on right on, on the prime time number. Um, I don't know where the Cowboys are with it, but yeah, they always. I mean, the Cowboys are number one. The Eagles fans don't want to hear that either, but Cowboys are always score. number one. Um, Did you yeah, see for... the the uh, ratings on Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, the, absurd. The greatest. <laughs> individual non-Sunday in the history of the league as far as rating goes for the three games. There you go with uh, a, a a very watchable early game, which it isn't always with Detroit, with Buffalo being in it, the Cowboys and the Giants, and then the Sunday night game, a pretty damn good Minnesota team in a game that went right down to the wire. Best one-day ratings in the history of the NFL for a non-Sunday and uh, you know who was number one amongst the Sunday, the Cowboys. The Giants, Cowboys. Not well, the, and that also that has to do with the time. It's four o'clock mm-hmm. game. The four o'clock window is typically uh, the typically the night window is better, but maybe it changes on Thanksgiving. No, the night it uh, you're, you're comparing apples and orange, oranges. Usually, the night window is better because it's the only game. When you have a four o'clock window Eastern time that isn't competing with any other game, no, then the four o'clock window is going to be the biggest because every Sunday you've got other games at four o'clock. So no well, one that's individual true. game is going to um, be able to compare to the But Sunday just in night. general, television prime time is, is you know, that's why Sunday night is, um, you know, prime time television. That's, that generates the most money um, and everything, not just the NFL um, regular TV shows prime right. time is prime time. Um, it, but the Cowboys look, Cowboys are, are the marquee team in this league. Um, Eagles fans are never going to like to hear that, but it's just a reality. They are the marquee team in this league. And uh, Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving Thursday is a little bit different animal because it's a holiday, not just any Thanksgiving. I, I did want to mention this before we get Scotty up. Um, and I ran this out to my, uh, listeners on WIP last night and they got one didn't get the other one I uh, don't know if you've seen the results the first Pro Bowl voting of the fans was released John and two Philadelphia Eagles are starting at their position as of the first fan vote and the fans get one third the coaches get a vote and the players get a vote each one third and that's how they decide the Pro Bowl starters and this is not the final fan votes just the first results released did you see the results um, I did see them. I didn't really pay that much attention to them. Okay, um, so the two Eagles who right now are leading at their position would be 
Uh, Jason Kelsey, I know, was one of them. That would be correct. Um, I forget the other one. I'll tell you who the other one is because it surprised me a little bit. When I saw that two Eagles lead, I tried to guess right off the top of my head who it was going to be. Kelsey was my first guest. My second guess was Lane Johnson. Not correct. My next would have been Big Play Slay. Not correct. Javon Hargrave at defensive oh, yeah, Javon is yeah. actually leading the DTs. He's either first or second because they got two starters. He, he, but he is would be a starter right now if the uh, voting were to be capped and the players and the coaches didn't vote. He's having a heck of a year, Johnny Mack, which is kind of good news, bad news. Good news is he's helping the Eagles get the 10 and 1. Bad news is it's going to cost the Eagles if they want to keep him. Yeah, that's a difficult decision. I mean, and it always has been because, you know, Javon's a very good pass rusher. Very good pass rusher. One of the best uh, non not named Aaron Donald interior pass rushers in the NFL. Um, not great at stopping the run. So, you know, you got to, there's a little bit of a give and take there. How much do you want? Uh, and pass rushers get paid, Jody. Let's be honest. Even so. at the deep T position, more so on the outside, but DTs who can get to the quarterback get paid to ask and Dominican Sue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they got a lot of difficult decisions to make. And we talked about almost their entire defense is on uh, a contract year. Uh, and a lot of them are performing and playing well. They have a lot of difficult decisions to make. And Javon's one of them because he's also um, post 30 as well. So that comes into it as well. The age comes into it. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be Howie Roseman after this season um, to make some of these difficult decisions. But Javon is having a big year at the right time, just like Miles Sanders. A lot of guys, big year at the right time. Uh, opinion out of you. Say the contracts are similar. Hargrave, Hargrave getting a better deal, maybe an extra year. <clears throat> maybe a couple extra bucks because he's having a better statistical year, but it comes down to either Hargrave or Fletcher Cox. Which one's how we bring him back? Well, he should bring Javon back. Um, you know, he's, but Fletcher he's always, is he's always taking care of Fletcher. Fletcher Fletcher's is one of his one guys. Of his yeah. Fletcher is one of Howie's uh, favorites. Just saw, you know, he, he had one of his best games of the year, actually. Um, Fletcher, yeah, um, and, and he got a guy. game ball, uh, as Jonathan Gannon mentioned yesterday. But Javon's played better and he's younger. Um, yeah, I, I, he's still at the height of his career. Fletcher's clearly was a better player than Javon has ever been or likely will ever be, but he's clearly descending and has descended from that point. Javon's still at the apex of his career and he's a better player and he's younger. To me, it's pretty simple, but the, the things that make it difficult is, you know, when you have all time franchise greats and that's what Fletcher Cox is. If Eagles fans, that is an all time franchise. Great. 
one of the best defensive players in this franchise's history. When you when you have those players, it makes it more difficult to I move agree. on from that. But uh, how he took care of him once this past year with $14 million after they cut him and let him go free agent before he could blink. He was re-signed to a $14 million deal. So the Eagles have shown a propensity to take care of Fletcher Cox. That's why I think it's an intriguing question. One we don't have to worry about right now. We will as soon as the season ends. Hopefully it's after a parade for you Eagle fans. Um, but uh, it, it is a fun debate to have even uh, leading up to the postseason. I eat John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. Put it together. It's Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. One of uh, our fun guys that we have on from time to time, Scott Grayson from Fox 29, uh, sports anchor and host of Props and Locks, is scheduled to join us next year on Birds 365. So stick around. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor. A pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted. Revered. Appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate. Honest. And fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We've still got you for another 40. We're going to spend a chunk of that with our next guest. There he is, popped up, ready to rock and roll uh, from Fox 29 Sports Anchor and host of Props and Locks on Fox 29 as well, Mr. Scott Grayson. SG, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was very good. We actually had a uh, an extended family cruise in Bermuda, which was uh, nice. It was good, but then you know, anytime you go out with the extended family, uh, you know, enough said. But did you like Bermuda? Because I've gotten mixed reviews. My wife and I went on two cruises there, and I had a phenomenal time both times. But I've met people who go. Yeah, you got to get bowed. And they don't like Bermuda. I loved it both times I went. Did you? You know what I love the most? Just the slow style of pace there. It was just nice to get away from the hustle and bustle of everything here. Uh, and and I, we enjoyed that. I mean, the weather was windy. Uh, still a little warmer, but windy. Uh, rainy one day. But overall, I mean, uh, I liked it. I had no complaints at all. Did, did you rent the moped? Did not, although I did get, you know, if we go back, that's something I'd love to do. Because uh, I just saw people on those going all over the place. And uh, it looked like a nice way to see the island. Except, guess what? Go into the pocket, get one for yourself, get one for your wife. You're right. Because uh, we, we rode together when we went. And it's not good. <laughs> the wife just sits. She sits behind you. Watch out! Hit the... Uh, uh. No, no. Say, of course, honey, they drive on the other side of the moped, road. Yeah. I'll get my own moped. I'll follow you wherever you want to go, dear. Don't don't try and do the tandem thing. Yeah, it's gotcha. only lead to fight. The tandem moped. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll, 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 we'll stay that. Here's my question, Scott. Did you get any fire Jonathan Gannons in Bermuda? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I did not. It was interesting. The ship left out of New York. So there were a lot of Philadelphia people, and they actually put the Eagles-Colts game on in one of the bars. Nice. Um, and that's where a lot of Eagles fans were watching with an occasional – uh, annoying Cowboys or Commanders fan who was just clapping relentlessly in the first half. I, I did not hear him at the end of the game. Uh, but, you know, I did not hear any fire Jonathan Gannons. I just uh, – a lot of people on edge in that Colts game all the way up to the end, which I think everybody back here watching was feeling the same way. But it was an interesting experience watching it on the ship with a bunch of other people, you know, on vacation. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, Cowboys or Commanders, I'm going to guess Cowboys. There are no Commanders fans left. There was one, believe it or not. Oh, and, really? He was not He was not wearing a Commanders shirt. He had on a Redskin shirt. So you have to ask yourself, well, uh, obviously he's he's been a fan for a while, but he hasn't yeah. gotten the new gear. And he'll be a fan uh, when Daniel Snyder's gone. <laughs> they will have their fans magically back. But until that happens, uh, yeah, right. they have some issues. Uh, they have some issues. But oh, by the uh, way, they're in the playoffs as of right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not see happening. All four teams from the NFC, which used to be least, has become the beast, would be in if the playoffs started right now. So that's never another, happened before. Bob. Another log on the fire of, oh, well, who have the Eagles beat? Uh, uh, basically, everybody in the division, it's the best division in football. You fools who question the Eagles' strength of schedule. Annoys the snot out of me. All right. Uh, Scott Grayson, they are 10 and 1. And we sit here on Bird 365 every day and have to come up with two hours of ego conversation. So from time to time, we point out the questions, the slights, the problems, the issues, which you have to do if you're going to do two hours every single day. But you got to come back to their 10 and 1. And no one else in the National Football League is 10 and 1. Are we trying to look for the fissures in the ice? 
a little too much? Or should we just kick back and enjoy the fact that the best team in the National Football League plays here in Philadelphia? You know what, honestly, I think that's what makes this city so much fun to be a, a, a fan in is because you know that you've been through this before to a certain extent. You've been let down how many times that you have to guard yourself. You have to look through all the magnifying glass and you want to look and try to find the weaknesses on this team just because as a fan, you know, all the people around here are so educated, so well versed in, in football, uh, especially that. You have to guard yourself and say, okay, well, you know, and fans here legitimately, like you said, ask the question, well, who have they beaten? And then you stop and look down the schedule. And like you did, Jody, I think you say they've beaten some good football teams, plenty of teams that are going to be in the playoffs, it looks like. And so you say, well, this team's tested. And that's why I'm looking forward to this game this weekend, because this to me is a big one. It's a big one Mm -hmm. that's going to help you figure out where you really are at this point. Um, especially on defense in my mind. And, uh, but I don't think you're wrong to look through it and, and say, where is this team's weaknesses? What do they need to improve on? Howie Roseman's doing it every day, and he's going out and finding guys who've been on the sidelines or been retired, and he's signing them, and he's trying to help his team. And, of course, we've all heard the rumblings about potentially Malcolm Jenkins uh, being another one to come back. And I, I, think it's, I think it's the right way to look at this. You've got to be a smart football fan, but you've also got to step back and be able to admit as well that, you know, and I know you guys have done it on this show. This is a really good football team. It's very well-rounded, as well-rounded as any team in the National Football League right now. Um, and they can win, and this is the key for me, they can win different games that feature different styles in different ways. Yeah. And that's yeah. the mark of a really good football team. Yeah. Uh, well, you bring up this week, and I agree with you, Tennessee is a, a good football team. It's going to be a difficult game. It's going to be a, a, a big test for this Eagles team. Um, and the obvious angst is over Derrick Henry, who is, um, you know, the most powerful back, arguably the best back in the NFL. All that is right. But guess who the best running team is between Philadelphia and Tennessee? It's not Tennessee. Now, I'm not going to go over 363 this week, Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if I were to tell you the Eagles rush more uh, as a team than Tennessee, would that shock you? A little bit, because I think at times you forget what Jalen Hurts racks up week to week. You know, you, you get stuck on the running backs. And, um, so I would be a little surprised by that, just by the guy, as you mentioned, who's running for Tennessee. He gets a lot of attention. And to me, that is what I'm watching most this weekend. What does Jonathan Gannon do? Does he sit back and do the same thing he's done, which is try to let his defensive line stop the run and not really let the linebackers come up and help uh, as much as I would? Or does he actually do something different? And right, and if And if he does – what and how? And I'm not, ex- I see you guys shaking your head. I'm not excited. Not happening. No. I'm with you, Scotty, wow. but John, John has won me over on this. I keep bringing it up and he keeps going, Jody, just stop. It's not happening. Gannon's yeah. defense is Gannon's defense. Well, here, here, here's, here's where the difference can come. The difference can come. You use more five man fronts, you use yes. more odd man fronts. That's the difference. He might use more odd man fronts, and that would be the adjustment. But, yeah, if you think he's playing extra linebackers or putting extra people in the box, it's not what they do. They want to play light boxes, and they want to limit. And, by the way, guys, think of it this way. This is what they want to do when they have the best secondary in football with Avante Maddox and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. 
that's how they want to play. Mm-hmm. Now they have Josiah Scott and Reed Blankenship out there. You think they want to account another body up front and not help those guys? No, that ain't uh, happening. It it's ain't not, happening. and that's that's why I look at it. And if I'm if I'm Jonathan Gannon, and if we're agreeing that he's not going to change his defense, uh, to me, you've just got to find a way to say, listen, I don't need to stop Derrick Henry. Like I, I can let him have his 100 yards, maybe even 120, but I can't let him have 200. Right. And, and, and I think if the Eagles can do that, given what this offense is and what they can do, um, because like you pointed out, John, I mean, you know, Tennessee's looking at this game and the Eagles offense, like we're looking at Derrick Henry and the fear of the running game for Tennessee, they've got to find a way to stop that. And to me, this is a game where if the Eagles can score into the mid to upper twenties, even 30 points, I, I, it's going to be enough to win this game. Even if Derrick Henry gets his 100, 120, couple touchdowns, I just don't see Ryan Tannehill beating him. And that's what I think it's going to come down to. And if you're Jonathan Gannon and you say, I want Ryan Tannehill to beat me. Well, at some point you kind of got to stop the run enough to put him into third and medium, third and long. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Scott, even though I run the risk of once again, either here on our stream, not as much social media, more so, being labeled as an Eagle hater when I point out <laughs> issues that the Eagles have. And yeah, I'll tell you why it gets on my uh, on my case. When Jalen Hurts does it, oh, he's so focused. He's such a leader. We left stuff on the table. We could have been better. When Jalen Hurts said they could have been better, that's a great thing coming from the quarterback. Jody McDonald says it. You're a hater. Why are you going picking on the Eagles? Right, anyway, um, <laughs> special teams. I don't know anybody who can find a silver lining to special teams other than the big field goal that Jake Elliott made the other night that uh, kind of put the game away. Their special teams are a mess. They need to get better. They need to do better. They need to try something to change it. What do you think that's going to be, Scotty? Boy, that is a great question, right? I mean, the ultimate sign of disrespect is when somebody takes the ball eight yards deep in the end zone. And is not afraid to get it out there and think they're going to get past the 25 and do what they did. I mean, that's absolute disrespect. And again, oh, yeah. like Manders did um, with, with how they attacked the Eagles, you know, against, you know, playing the run and, and really beating them. They put a blueprint out there. And now Green Bay, I think, did a little bit of the same thing to say, don't take a knee in the end zone. Go take these guys on because they're, they're not sound. Um, you heard it in, in, in Nick Sirianni's. Uh, news conference yesterday uh, he talked about you know I know he was asked by somebody and I forget who about um, you know p- potentially running a few starters out there on special teams to help that's fine but the scheme I think has to be better they're just not covering all their lanes they're not staying in you know you got to stay home you know if you stay home and everybody stays home there shouldn't be gaps that um, that, that create those big returns and until they do that and you know Jody I don't really know what kind of fix there is um, these guys just have to be better coached. And that's that's right now a problem. I think the criticism has really raised its decibel level to the point where obviously Sirianni had to spend time in his his uh, press conference yesterday talking about it. And I think that's going to resonate. And I'm curious. That's one of the things also this weekend I think you want to look at. Have they done anything different there? We could say Jonathan Gannon is going to bang his head against the wall and keep the same defense. Well, what's Michael Clay? What's Nick Sirianni going to do on special teams? That's another thing to watch this weekend. Yeah, I you know, Scott, if you go back to the Chip Kelly, Dave Pip era, um, when Dave first got here, um, 
they they spent a roster spot or two on good special teams player. They always made that an, an investment to to put on the roster. If if I have to look at Howie Roseman, look, Howie is a significant significant favorite to be the executive of the year. But I would say the one issue with this roster is they haven't paid enough deference to good special teams players. And it's not sexy. Uh, nobody's sitting there going, oh, I want Matthew Slater. I want Chris Maragos. You know, they don't think about that until you need it and you don't have it. Do you think that's a bigger issue than maybe the average fan makes it out to be? My answer to that, John, would be, I think, let me start with this. You mentioned Howie. I think Howie has looked at this team and felt it's good enough on both sides of the ball <clears throat> that special teams can be ignored to an extent. That's the impression I've gotten by watching this. But what's happened and what happened last week was Green Bay was cutting the field in half because of special teams. Now you're asking your defense yeah. to have to defend 50 yards instead of 75, 80 it is a big difference. And I think now, which is a little late, but they're realizing this is something we have to pay attention to. And right now, the only difference, you know, to go back and answer Jody's question, you need Jake Elliott to put it out of the end zone. Can't return it if he can't be in bounds when he catches it. But, you know, in the wind, in some of these situations you're going to face this late in the year, that might be extremely difficult to do. And so, you know, I think you go back to the point that, yeah, I, I don't know that there's a, an easy fix to this really at this point in the season, they have ignored it. I think it's coming back to, to bite. It's, you know, to bite them a little bit. Um, and they've got to find a way now to limit the damage, um, you know, and, and say, forget even the 25, you got to hold the opponent to the 30, make them have to go 70 yards, give your defense more of a chance. And that's the one, one defense in Jonathan Gannon's favor is, you know, his defense had to face a lot of short fields last week. And that's part of the reason green Bay was able to put up 33 points. So, you know, I, I at this point, I, I think you're going to have to ask some starters to go out there and make some tackles. But now you run the risk of more injuries, and nobody wants that. Scotty, I want to ask you about this week's opponent, Tennessee, because uh, I watched both of their games the last two weeks. Two weeks ago, they were on Thursday night, so it's a national game, so you watch every snap. And then this past week, I watched them because I thought they were – your prop and locks guys would have appreciated this. The can't-lose game of the week – Oops. Uh, I thought they had Cincinnati revenge at home. Everything. Ryan Tannehill threw the ball well the week before. I thought everything pointed to a Tennessee win and they were getting points wrong. Uh, so, yeah, you won't be having me on props and locks anytime <laughs> soon. Um, but uh, Tannehill is an interesting case. He did the week before against Green Bay. Green Bay loaded up the box. And he threw it for 330 yards. Ryan Tannehill, I didn't think, could see 330 yards, let alone throw 330 yards. But he did. This past week, Cincinnati loaded up the box, and Ryan Tannehill did diddly squat against that uh, Bengal secondary. I see him as like the AFC's version of Kirk Cousins. He is your yeah. basic good quarterback. He's not bad. He's not great. He's good. Ryan Daniel, Kirk Cousins, Kirk, Kirk throws it more than he does. But there, if you looked at the uh, list, all the quarterbacks in the NFL, one would be 16, the other would be 17. They're dead in the middle. Do you have any fear of Ryan Tannehill beating up on the Eagles this week? Now, I said it before. I want him to be the one to have to beat me. 
you know, if I'm if I'm the one designing the defense this week, I want him to have to beat me. But as you pointed out, and I think it's a very, very good analogy, um, you know, Kirk Cousins is able to go out there and win a game every now and then. Ryan Tannehill, he can win a game, but not consistently. Um, and I'd rather take my chances there than uh, – and, and I think another analogy brought up from last week was Cincinnati in their secondary. Look, the Eagles secondary is – Look, you, st- you got the injury to Gardner Johnson, but you still got Slay on one side and Bradbury on the other. So I would rather take my chances with those two guys against Ryan Tannehill in the passing game um, than any other situation out there. And so I think it's a great comparison to Kirk Cousins. I think that, uh, you know, like Kirk, Tannehill will also give you the ball if you can get that pressure on him. But all of that to me starts with having to not stop the run but occasionally win it down, you know, and, and put them in a situation where it's not third and three or less. Right. Because I would put my odds, you talk about odds and props a lot. I'd put my odds on, on Derrick Henry winning that three yard battle on third and three more often than not. And uh, so, so I'm looking at this and saying, Ryan Tannehill, go ahead and put up your 330 yards. I dare you. And my guys out there, Slay and, and Bradbury are probably going to win enough battles that we're going to take it away a couple of times and help our offense. And this offense, look, this team, in my opinion, is built. And Gannon plays the defense this way to play with the lead. And when they have the lead and they can start adding to that lead and making it double digits, now they start making you one-dimensional. That's when you can start really, really dialing in. But that's the hard thing. Can you get that kind of lead? Don't say that too loud (laughs) because that would mean the Eagles would actually have to pass on deferring if they win the opening coin toss (laughs) and say, give us the ball. Scott Grayson's right. We're better off playing with the lead, which they did last week. Not because they won the toss because Green Bay did. And they gave it to them. They marched it right down the field and won. Don't say that too loud because Sirianni may hear you and you may actually have to think about it. You know, it's interesting. If I were to do my own prop and lock, I would do – what are the Eagles more likely to do? Load the box or not defer when winning the the opening coin toss? That is a very difficult one. That is That's a very difficult neither. one. Probably <laughs> 99% on both sides. Yeah, 99% on both sides. You know, on a in a weird way, is this a week long-term, you know, the Eagles need C.J. Gardner-Johnson back. They need Avante Maddox back. In a, in a weird way, does it kind of help them against Tennessee? Because if you're Tennessee and you say, oh, man, they don't have Gardner Johnson, they don't have Avante, we can take advantage of Scott, we can take yeah. advantage of Reed Blankenship, let's throw the football instead of doing what they should be doing, and that's pound the rock with Derrick Henry. Can you see that working against Tennessee for it's in a, this very short window? It's a great thought, right? Because what do what do football coaches like to do? They like to think they can outthink everybody else, right? Yeah. And so you look at it, and if you're the Titans, you go, look, they know we're going to try to run the ball. So, and I was shocked the Packers came out, and two out of their first three plays were pass plays. So are the Titans going to do the same thing? Are they going to go, look, I know you think we're going to run the ball, so we're going to run play action the first two plays, and we're going to go take a shot. Um, yeah, it's right. You know what? If you're the Eagles, you're saying, go ahead. I dare you. Um, and, and Blankenship is an interesting case in the sense that, you know, everybody talks about the interception he had. They also want to rip him for that play, the touchdown he gave up. Well, yeah. listen, that's very fixable. He took a bad angle. You play that video back, you look at it in film, and you tell him, listen, I'd rather you err on the side of caution and angle too far and come back and make the play as opposed to 
you know, to cut two underneath. You can fix that. I think it's an interesting uh, thought uh, that you bring up, John, and, and it is going to be curious to watch in that first quarter is what do the Titans try to set the tone with? And do they think that you're going to sell out to stop Derrick Henry? Uh, and if they do, they obviously haven't seen enough Jonathan Gannon. because <laughs> it's about, That's not going to happen. So yeah. you're playing right into the Eagles hands. It's an interesting thought. And, but to me, you know, when you talk about big picture in this game in particular, to me, you're sitting at 10 and one, you have a luxury here of playing this game, which to me is going to be a great measuring stick game as you head down the home stretch to expose some things or to possibly show that you're better at maybe at things that maybe you thought or could have been. And as you pointed out, Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, you're going to get Dallas Goddard back on offense. Um, you're going to get some of these other guys back. Jordan Davis coming back soon. Um, so you're, you're playing this game with a couple of cards less in the deck to know that you're going to be able to fix things with these guys down the stretch. Health is key. And I look at this and say they're 10 and one right now. How many wins do they need to be the one seed? Is it 13? Is it 14? They've got the tiebreakers. I mean, you may only need three more wins. Yeah. So you can afford to lose this game, but nobody wants that. And, and I look at this and say, go figure out um, and try some things. Like I'd be fine with them trying some things differently against this team and saying, let's see what might work. Because um, right. you're looking big picture here. This at this point is is just, you know, you win this Sunday. Now you're 11. You may only need two more wins. Uh, it's a fun little thing to look at in a situation that we haven't seen many Eagles teams in. Um, and, no. and it's kind of a fun way to look at the the last, what, six games here, five games. I got a great one as suggested by one of our streamers here on uh, our, our stream um, for Mr. Props and Locks. <laughs> and I know you usually set up your other yeah. guys. I'm putting you to the test here. I'm playing Scott sure. Grayson. That's big shoes to fill, but I'm going <laughs> to give it a try here. Under over squib kicks by the uh, Philadelphia uh. Eagles on Sunday. I'm setting the number at one and a half. Are See, you going under they... or over? Sirianni was speculating. We're going to get better on special teams. How? He didn't really get into details. Could the squib kick be part of it? Less to cover, less field to get that. Can, can, do you think they're working on that in practice? If they are, they sure as heck won't do it in the 15 minutes Johnny Mack is allowed in there to actually <laughs> see him practice. Under over one and a half squib kicks on Sunday. Scott Grayson, what say you? You know, I'm going to go over to go along with the line of uh, thought that I just provided, which is you try something different. That's exactly um, why I asked it when I asked it. And, and here's the thing. Thanks to Tim Aline who sent that into us. I yeah, love it's a that great question. question. It's, it's a great, fun question. And I think they're going to do – see, one and a half is a tough number because I think they'll try it once. And the question is, does it work? If it does, right. obviously, they're going to do it more. They'll do it a second time. <laughs> um, you know, the other way you can do it is you, you, can, you can sky a kick. You know, you can let it come down at the 20 with more air under it to go cover. Um, and that's another way maybe you can help your coverage team. And, and But, you know – I think a squib kick's a great way to do it because you can't that ball can bounce some funky ways. And and all the while, as a as I think a, a, the kickoff return team, you can sometimes get out of your blocking lanes because you're trying to figure out where that ball's going. Um it's an interesting thought. And I, I would take the over on that. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll yeah, you know what's interesting. I you know. The Eagles are probably the only team you have to pay attention to kick returners. I mean, there aren't they, they there aren't a lot of great kick returners left in the NFL or or punt returners. There aren't a lot of big returns any longer. 
Um, Haskins from Tennessee is top 10, but he's averaging 21.8 yards of kickoff return. His longest of the year is 37. Boy, we shouldn't have to worry about this, but we do. Right. I mean, I don't want to make a big deal out of it because they are 10 and 1. But boy, I mean, 50-yard kickoff returns don't happen in the NFL. And the Eagles give up two of them in one game. I, 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 it's, it, it's amazing that a team this good at everything else can't figure this out. And we're talking about squib, squib kicks in the modern NFL. It's well, amazing. It, <clears throat> you talk about those returns. I mean, <clears throat> sorry. You look at it and say, Jesus, I mean, he could he could kick it out of bounds and they get the ball to 40 and it'd be a better situation than midfield. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's, you know, on one hand, it's a great problem to have, right? If you're sitting here going, boy, the worst part that of that is true. Team is special teams. That is true. But on the other hand, it's also it's frustrating, though. It is, because if you could just get not great at it, if you could just get average at it, your football team would be so much better. And it's so you, you've got six weeks to fix it before you get into the playoffs. You know, you got to, they've got time to figure it out in some sort of way. And that's why, you know, you don't be insane. Don't do insanity here. Don't just keep doing the same thing over and over. You know, Michael Klein said that I asked him, he said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. He went to that default setting, but boy, I mean, I, I, how about a mortar kick? Forget about a squib kick. Uh-huh. How about a kick it high? And let Zach McPherson, whoever you have, Andre Sacheray, maybe that helps. I, I I don't know. I don't know. But one thing you can't do is kick it deep in bad weather. Because what do you think about? You know, I, we love throwing crazy stuff against the wall, right? What about? I mean, Andy Reid used to do this kind of stuff. What about the the untimely onside kick? Surprise yeah. them. Uh, the you know, they recover it. that yet. And, and did Sirianni do that last year? I don't think so. I don't. Th- it's not in his. It doesn't seem uh-huh. like it's in his DNA. But. He hasn't really had a special teams this bad uh, that he's had to deal with. Another thing to keep an eye on Sunday. All right. uh, Last one for me, Scott, and I'll see if I can drag you down with me. Um, If A.J. Brown coughs up the football for the third consecutive week. Oh, not against Tennessee. Oh. Johnny Mack gave him a pass two weeks ago. It was a great punch out by the defender. I said it was a bad move by A.J. Brown this week. He had uh, the broken blood vessel in his eye because he was so sick. He couldn't even see. And that's why he gave up the football. You're a wide receiver. You can't put the football on the ground three times in a row, three weeks in a row. What will be the explanation if it goes down again this week? Uh, The problem to me this past week was he's such a big guy. And he's had so much success with yards after the catch, right? He was trying to get more yards when that play was was he had three guys on him like he just got to go down. He's got to be a little smarter now in terms of what the explanation is if he puts it on the ground. I can't imagine there's going to be a good one. Um, so to me, there is no explanation. It can't happen. And 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 I look at him and he's the one guy I circle because you know this game has been circled on his calendar for months. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, and if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm going to feed him frequently. 
I'm going to give him every opportunity to shove it down Tennessee's throats. But he's got to be smart and understand at times when plays are done. I think that's the one thing you look at him. And he, sometimes you forget he's still a relatively young player. Now, he's, he's a number one receiver. He should know better. There's no doubt. Um, but you've got to know, like, look at Jalen Hurts, right? We all compliment. And lately, I think he's starting to get away from it a little bit. But he's not afraid to slide and go down and end a play with, look, 12 yards is great. Maybe I could make a move and get 25. I could also get plastered and be out for the rest of the year. 12 yards is fine. Get down, take the, take the plus. With, with A.J. Brown lately, he's getting himself in trouble trying to do too much. Just take the win, take the great play, take the gain. This offense is good enough. Go down at the 10. We'll get it in on the next couple plays. Uh, I think that's where he needs to, to uh, improve right now. Agreed yeah. on all fronts. Scotty, uh, thank you much for A, coming on with us, B, agreeing with me, and sharing in the A. You can't have a bubble this week, EJ. Uh, Johnny yeah. Mac's not going to be able to come to your rescue on this one. If you go three straight weeks of coughing it up, oh, the excitement of playing Tennessee again, I guess that's what Well, you know, and, and real quick, just to finish that thought, what did this team do great through the first half of the season? They yeah. didn't turn it over. Yeah. Lately, well, they put up these problem. signs in the auditorium, Scott. Yeah. That That's where it all turned. Yeah. They 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 got too cocky, and they put up these ball security signs, and boom, they start giving the football away. Giving it up, uh, and, and how you know you got to tip the cap, right? Miles Sanders, no fumbles. Yeah, no, oh, you just screw, was, yeah, you just screw. Uh, I just screwed Miles. I did. Oh, you put the jinx on Miles. Yeah. He's gonna put yeah. it on the carpet. AJ oh, will hang on. Scott. Miles if, will give if, it up. He, yeah. Yeah, just as I was saying it, I'm like, here we go. And all uh, your uh, listeners uh, are gonna be uh, emailing and t- twittering me, uh, you know, tweeting yes, me all will. kinds of hate mail. <laughs> Uh, join the parade uh scotty great stuff appreciate you coming on board always good when we get you on you know we'll do so again down the road all right you got it thanks guys scott grayson fox 29 sports anchor and host of props and locks even though my lock went up in flames last week (laughs) with tennessee i'm gonna try not to do that again this week all right j mac j mac maga mac coming back we got to put a bow on the show here on birds 365 don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salis.edu. Finish up. You got your football playbook, Rick Saratella coming up next, and then your sports take trifecta with Robbie Yee and D, D- Gun and Barrett into the National Football Show this afternoon. And no reason you ever have to turn off the Jacob YouTube channel. Uh, just keep it right here. And while you're at it, go ahead, like McMullen and McDonald. Hit hit that button before you go. If you gotta go, if you check out at ten, shame on you. You're gonna miss out on Saratella. But do hit that like button before you go. All right, uh, Jenny Mac. Walkthrough Wednesday today, full practice today. Walkthrough. We are in the walkthrough portion of the season. It yeah. seems like we hit that demarcation line last week, and they're back to the walkthrough again. The big practice now on Thursday, um, Thursday instead of Wednesday. I don't think it's going to change, but we'll see. I, I know you tweeted out. I saw it last night. Shoot, I was, I think, already on the air on WIP or was preparing to do so, that the Eagles brought a player in for a workout yesterday. They cleared two practice squad places, cutting guys yesterday. Um, do you think they did so because they're actually going to address the uh, special teams issues, need depth uh, because of injuries? Yeah. Why do you think they, they did some? Now, it's on the periphery, but there is – roster juggling that you can do and you do so for a reason what do you think is the eagles thinking will you get an announcement of a signing today uh i think we will um uh, for practice squad signing they they released kennedy brooks and uh roderick johnson yesterday off the practice squad so that's an indication to me that um they might have a safety uh they're looking at to bring on the practice squad uh, Kwan Baker is the player they worked out yesterday. Um, it's a wide receiver, kick returner, maybe kick return. Um, if not for this year, next year. Uh, it was the seventh round pick of the Saints uh, in 2021. Um, so it's that back end churn of the practice squad, which happens all the time. But it's a little bit more important this week because – They might want to bring in another body at safety. But again, people forget Marquis Blair was just brought in as well. He plays safety. So um, I don't know where he is. I do do know he was a high-level player uh, coming out of college, second-round pick, as I said. 
Um, but he had some significant uh, injury issues. So um, who knows where he is? Uh, but he's only 25 years old. Um, you know, this is the time of year where I think Linball Joseph and Jamaican Sue kind of spoil people. Like you can go out, go out and get Linball yeah, Joseph. Go pick it off the yeah. tree, low hanging fruit. Yeah. They're all available. Yeah, not. Uh, it's not like that at every position. It's not like that Dude. at safety. Yeah, so it is not. They got their work cut out for decision making process. But that's why if Howie Roseman is going to be the executive of the year, and I surely think he's in the conversation for that award. You still got a little bit of work to do, Harry. Let's see you continue to dazzle people. All right, uh, partner. Good show today. Hopefully, get some rest at some point. Don't know when, um, but uh, have some chicken soup or something so yeah, uh, you actually feel better tomorrow. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'll be here. That's all that matters. He'll be here. I'll be here. You'll get Mac and Mac right back here on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.